Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And that was the most enthusiastic I think we've ever had this intro. Was it enthusiastic? I it felt so. You felt very enthusiastic at the beginning. You oh, had a lot I? of good energy. Your aura is just out of control right now. <laughs> My aura is shining so brightly. It's because the Mars is in Jupiter in Gatorade or whatever. <laughs> Because you're an asparagus. It's because I'm an asparagus. I'm a Capri Sun. That's what it is. It's because I'm a Capri Sun. Um, oh, boy. So, we are back for um, another episode here. Um, I don't know what week this is. Is it like Music Corner? It is. So, it's the first week of the month. Well, second first episode week of the month? Of, yeah, it's the first episode of the month. So, it's the second week of the month. So... Um, for the first time in a long time. It's been a long, like Yeah, it's been a while. Now. We're gonna, I'm, by, we're gonna let me talk. I'm just gonna talk about music. Yes. Um, okay. So, I would like to talk about a few albums that came out during the month of July. So, we're back on schedule. Um, the first album I want to talk about is a shoegaze band from the UK called Bedroom, but it's spelled... B-D-R-M-M. Okay. And their self-titled first album is actually called Bedroom, but like spelled out. out. It's really annoying. I have a lot of complaints about this. It's not like spelled out like Father John Misty style? Yeah, kind of. Um, So this was their self-titled debut album. They have a really unique blend of, I called it like traditional rock with a bedroom pop sound, but I guess that's actually called shoegaze, and I'm an idiot. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. That actually does make sense. Yeah. So... I uh, think that the, like, the genre shoegaze is, like, one of those, like, bullshit genres. Totally. Like, no, I Hollywood completely agree. Hollywood Yeah, <laughs> it's like a absolutely. Long named after the guitarist that stared their shoes the entire time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, it was a great album. It's very accessible, and again, I was like, oh, I'm really afraid when I started playing it that it was going to sound like a bedroom pop album. Did not. It was great. I loved it. Um, I would like to buy this. I'd like to own this album. It was that good. Okay. So I gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Um, highly recommend. It was great for a first, you know, debut album. Okay. My second one I want to talk about is from the... Detroit, Michigan band Proto Martyr, they released the album Ultimate Success Today on July 17th. Um, it was a great evolution for their sound. So Proto Martyr has released quite a few albums now. They've been a band for over 10 years. They're always in Chicago playing shows. They're always in Chicago because they're from Detroit. Yeah. Like they have no. It's a toi. Yeah. Technically they're from Ferndale, but you know, okay, but whatever. De toi. Yeah. So, um,. I I do, I do really love this band, not just because they're from where I grew up, but um, I thought this was just a great evolution for their sound, and I'm really happy that they released this album. The next one I want to talk about came out, oh, I should say, I gave it a 10 out of 10 steps. 10 steps, okay. That's a big number. That is a big number. Um, I was going to say the next album is a Chicago band. They released a new album on July 17th as well. It's the band Dead, spelled D-E-H-D. Mm-hmm. We've seen them a few times, I feel like. Yeah, I've seen them a yeah, bunch. Yeah, we've seen them at like, a lot of local shows. Yeah. So they released an album called Flowers of Devotion. 
And it was such a fun listen. It's just a really excellent overall album. I actually purchased this today on Bandcamp Day. Nice. So I'm excited to finally get that one. Okay. I was really excited. I like these guys a lot. Um, the next one I was going to talk about is by the New Zealand band, The Beths. Wait, how many did you have? Oh, nine? sorry. Nine out of ten Stephanie's. Okay. So, The Beths released a new album actually on July 10th. I listened out of order on dates. But they released an album called Jump Rope Gazers. And it's just a super fun, upbeat, almost like a pop rock album. Okay. But they the singer has like a very soft, easy to listen to voice. And the music's just very happy and upbeat. Okay. So it's just so much fun to listen to. Um, I also gave this a 9 out of 10. And then the last one I'm going to talk about, you also really like. Yeah. So we can talk about this one together. Uh, Fontaine's DC released their sophomore album on July 31st, and it's called A Hero's Death. So Fontaine's DC was my number one album of 2019. So they literally went right back into the studio and made a second album. Yeah, and that was Dog Girl for those yeah, of you. Yeah, Dog Girl was their first Yeah, first That release. was my number two album of the year. Yeah, so we love Fontaine's DC in this household. Yes. And Separate households, but in, this in the drug and culture household. Yeah, it's it's a household. <laughs> um, my notes were just that it's it's such a good album. It's a very big divergence from their original really heavy rock sound, but it still feels like them. So like a lot of bands, when they really want to experiment and do something totally different, they do something that's like, they scrap the first sound, go something completely different. But mm-hmm. it still feels like the same band. Yep. Just musically, it's a little bit tweaked. Yeah, we talked about this today, and like, I would say Fontaine's DC is known for like being post-punk, but they're so melodic yeah. that it's not like in-your-face shouting, like yeah. traditional post-punk. It's like melodic, and it's like well put together. And this album is a little bit softer and a little bit quieter and, like, more refined, which makes sense for being, like, a sophomore album. Um, And, but they carry that same, like, melodic, like, thought-out, like, well-intentioned music into this album. And I, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. I gave it a perfect time. Yeah, I mean, I would, too. It was a fantastic album. Um... It's one of my favorites this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also bought it on vinyl today. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting story. I was reading a lot of interviews about this album, obviously leading up to it, because yeah. of how much I like these guys. They were saying that people would, like, fans would, when I say people, like, fans would come up to them and say how much they just appreciated the music, and they, like, got freaked out, yeah. and were like, we're just, like, normal dudes, right. like... This is, this music is now big is no bigger than us. We're right. just like a bunch We're of like nineteen year olds making some music, yeah. and so that's why they kind of tried to go this alternative route. And I'm not sure if it was meant to be polarizing, which so, I actually have heard a lot of really mixed reviews on this album. I read a really interesting um, article or an interview that they were doing. Um, I can't remember who it was with though, but I was reading it today. And they were talking about how this album isn't meant to be about their U.S. tour. Yeah. But it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Where, like, a lot of their experiences in the U.S. tour. So, like, they talked about how, like, it was a ton of partying. And it was just, like, them, like, letting loose. And sometimes, like, somebody would disappear, like, on drugs or, like, yeah. drunk. And, like, they'd have to go find them. And, like, yeah. it was a lot of, like, like things that they were never doing before. But, like, in the U.S., they were, like, and they're underage. So, like... 
In the U.S. In they the U.S. Are, they're yeah. So, like, they were, but they were, like, it was their first experience in the U.S. tour, like, really blowing up, and it's kind of about that, and how, like, it was weird to them that, like, people thought that they were incredible, and that... They were, like, some like, otherworldly, heroic type of musicians, and that's yeah. why the, literally the album's called A Hero's Death. Yeah. It's a fantastic album. Yeah, it's I really great. I it. loved it. And with that, let's uh, jump into the beer. Yes. Lindsay, what are we drinking today? <laughs> oh, this is weird. I know. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up on you. So we're drinking Sun Crusher by Revolution Brewing. This is a hoppy wheat ale. Um, Revolution Brewing is in Chicago. It's in, like, Logan Square, literally. Uh, so not too far from us. This is a 5.3% beer. Um, this was filled on 625. So pretty recent. Yeah. Um, they are, this is one of their year-round beers. So you, no, it's, or not, it's, it's seasonal. It's a seasonal, but it's widely distributed. It's yes. not like you have to go to like the taproom. Sorry, that's what I mean by year-round. Um, not really what I mean by year-round. That was just a dumb thing to have said. Um, it's, yeah, it's a seasonal beer, but it's widely distributed. So you can pretty much find it anywhere in like the summer, fallish, as long as people still have it. Yeah. Um, I think we've done like, beer mosas with this before um so it's not our first time drinking it but it's something that we could tie into the episode yeah also it was pretty new at Benny's when we picked it up yeah, yeah it was canned a little over a month ago but that's still in terms of Benny's world that's still pretty new yeah um so we'll also we haven't done revolution in a while we've done some other stuff from them but yeah. this is just like one of their like nice easy to drink beers so yep. we thought this would be a fun change of pace yep and the solid beer too also so. after drinking a 10 percent beer last episode we got to switch up things a yeah bit. i'm getting like back into the mode of like drinking so <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> we can't go back into what we did last episode or the episode before that yeah oh it's so good it's so refreshing. It's like, it's shitty because it's called like a hobby wheat ale. And the first like two notes you get from it are literally <laughs> hops and, and wheat. wheat. <laughs> um, which I would challenge us to not use those words. Totally. No, I, I can, I can think. And use, go big brain time. Go brain. Say. Go big brain. Can I say crushable? Um, I'm gonna crush half I mean, of this while trying to describe it. Is yeah, that a word I, I can use? Say crushable. Okay. So this beer is like we said, it's actually a wheat ale, but it's brewed with Apollo and Amarillo hops, and they use a dry hop blend of Crystal, Amarillo, and Mosaic. Yep, which we love Mosaic. And it, so it gives, according to the description. It gives a flowery aroma. Mm-hmm. And a mellow bitterness. Yeah. So, like, smelling it, you get the floralness. I don't know that I would say you get that in the tasting you as much, really but it definitely enough. smells floral. Yeah, I would say this gives me a little bit more of a tropical... I would. I can pick I mean, it's words. got a really good tropical flavor to it. No, I don't disagree. I would say my words are going to be tropical, citrus, and crushable as well. Yeah. I was going to say it's smooth. For it having it a hot smooth. flavor, it's very smooth. The hot nice. flavor is like right on the front end of it. Yeah. And then it's like very smooth. And then you the get wheat end. and then it's very smooth. So it's it's easily crushable if you can get over the if you're initial hops, flavor. Yeah. If you're not into hops, if you can get over like the initial hoppy bitterness, it's not bitter at all after that. Yeah. So I was going to say smooth, crushable, 
and I was gonna say citrusy. I don't know that I would necessarily have said tropical, but I would say citrusy. Yeah, I mean, I get a little bit of a tropical flavor from it. No, that's I mean, fair. Just from the hops, though. No, I think that's totally fair. Cool. If you hold it on your palate a little bit, you get a little bit of tropicalness. Okay, here we go. Let's let's try it out. Yeah, you get a little bit more of it. I definitely get it if you like hold it and like let it like sit in your mouth. Sit for a minute. Yeah, I definitely get more of that tropical flavor on the yeah. back end that way. Cool. So the reason we picked this beers because it had the word sun in the episode or the, in the name <laughs> yeah and we could like tie that kind of into the episode that we were very trying to poorly do. but it does have the word sun i mean it's more than like what i was saying with like let's pick something let's pick hell um hell kitty kitty and because of kitten mittens yeah but uh for this episode we are talking about it's always sunny and in philadelphia wanna, yeah it's always sunny in philadelphia go for the full, full name i guess yeah, so we, it's actually really funny because I was telling people we were going to do this episode and they were like, wait, did you guys not already do that? I, I also like, said that to you. I was like, how no, have we not done this yet? We ha- Exactly. I knew how we had it, not it was done more it. of like a how has it taken us six seasons, yeah. almost three years. We even named a season in the same format yeah. as this we did. That's show. That's actually and a good we point. never did an episode. But this works in our favor because August 4th, is the 15 year anniversary of It's Always Sunny. Yeah. So August 4th, 2005, the show premiered on FX. And then it moved to FXX, which is an awful name for a television station. It sounds it, like there's going to be porn on it. Exactly. It, but. Uh, so it moved there in 2013, starting with season nine. Yeah. To this date... There have been 14 seasons, so season 14 concluded in November of 2019, but in May of 2020, so just a few months ago, they were renewed for season 15, and after the 15th season airs, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will be the longest running live action television comedy in American history. They, so I remember watching an interview that Charlie Kelly did on like Colbert and they had gotten renewed. I think they had already gotten renewed for 15 seasons at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was like, he was talking to Colbert and they're like, he was like, you know, once you finish, you'll be the longest running. You guys have been like approved and gotten funding for, to be the longest yeah. running show in live, like live action comedy comedy. Yeah. Um, which is wild. Cause the show is a wild show and like you wouldn't yeah. expect it to go that I long, know. but there was like some, Weird formulate like formula. It's considered a cult television show. Yeah, like it's got a cult. There's level some following. weird following that like makes it super successful. And like I don't know anybody that has FXX and like watches it on that. So like no, I watch it somehow. Blue. Right, I do too. <laughs> so somehow they're making money, and like FX is like no, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So let me. I'll give some history as to the creation of the show because I didn't know a lot of this info leading up to it. So I think you'll yeah. find a lot of it interesting too. Um, but like as a, an overview of the premise, I think that's important yeah. to like intro the show with. So the show focuses, focuses around five characters. It, they call themselves the gang. That's hence our season two. Yeah. I think naming yeah. nomenclature the, of the gang. Yeah. So the gang consists of Dennis and Deanna Reynolds, Charlie Kelly, Mac McDonald, and Frank Reynolds. 
who is D and Deanna's legal Dennis and Deanna's. I'm sorry. Yes, Dennis and Deanna's. I'm going to keep calling yeah. them both D at yep. some point. So Frank is D and Dennis's legal father. Yeah. Um, they own well by they Mac, Charlie, and. Dennis own Patty's Pub, yes. which is an extremely unsuccessful Irish bar in South Philadelphia. Yes. Born um, raised. <laughs> the playground where I spent most of my days. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> well, you should have said South Philly instead of South Philadelphia. You knew that was coming. <laughs> um, so all five of these characters have extremely unethical behavioral traits, including excessive drinking, drug abuse, just general cruelty, selfishness, and having horrendous narcissism. Yes. They're awful human beings. They're so bad. Yeah. Um, Most episodes are built around the gang trying to build some kind of scheme and conspiring against one another in order for vengeance, personal gain, or just their own entertainment in watching the rest of them suffer. Yes. They also act like they hate each other at the same time as, like, loving each other, yeah. too. So they're, like, best friends that also, at the same time, are willing to, like, turn their back on one another yes. with, like, right. no notice. And I And the interesting thing about it is that, like, they're willing to do that, and the person that they, like, betray is also, like, not ever mad at them. It's like, oh, no, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. So... Everything that they do results in some form of contention around the group. And most of the dialogue is just them screaming at each other and arguing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, an important thing to note is that the fact that they're so unsuccessful and they have no achievements, but they maintain the most high opinions of themselves. Yes. And they're, they display like an obsessive interest in their reputation and public image. But they have no reputation. They have no reputation, no, no public, public image. image. They're absolutely trash human beings. Yeah. And everyone thinks of them as that, but they don't think of themselves. No, they think of themselves. Which like is the, the narcissistic side. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's, that's what makes it funny. Like yes. I know that this premise does not sound funny. It's the hilarious. show's hilarious. It's really, it's really funny just to like, I watch that show and I feel better about myself. Oh, totally. So then that's like, I think it's part of the reason they have a cult following. It's just like, I'm not as bad as these people that are yeah. like literally fucking with like disabled people or like a veteran and like ruining this preacher's life. Ugh, we have to come back to him. Yeah. So like I had said earlier, um, I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about how the show came about because it's super weird and not at all what I expected. Okay. So the show itself was created by Rob McElhenney, who plays Mac. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis. Who was like the only one and D, I guess, that maintain like a different name than their actual character, like than their character. Cause like, or that have like a different name than their character. Cause Rob and like Rob McElhenney is Mac and yeah. that's taken from his real name. And then yeah. Charlie Day is Charlie. Charlie. And I guess Danny DeVito. I don't yeah. know. I've always just noticed that like a lot of them have the same name. Yeah. So, so Rob plays Mac, Glenn plays Dennis, and the show was also produced, in addition to those two creating it, they are executive producers along with Charlie Day, who obviously plays Charlie. So, these three guys met while struggling to find acting gigs in LA, and so they came up with this short film concept where a friend goes to another friend's house to get some, like, borrow some sugar, and the friend who is being asked 
for the sugar is like lo- unloading on this guy that he has cancer and the first guy is just like trying to come up with the most outrageous situation to get out of hearing okay. about this his friend that, having cancer. I can see how that like led to He just he just it. wants the sugar and wants to get out of there and doesn't want to hear about the guy having cancer. So the show was originally actually going to be called when they decided to switch to a TV show, It's Always Sunny on TV, and it would be shot via digital ga- camcorder in the three guys' apartments. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to make it expand to four people that were living in L.A. Yeah. That were a group of best friends that actually don't give a shit about each other. Okay. So that's kind of where the concept evolves. So the pilot was actually filmed with no budget, like, whatsoever. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It's like, like zero dollars. They, they just filmed, they filmed each other. It. Yeah. I remember seeing that. And they, they literally, the group of them took it around to different networks and showed it to them, and they did nothing except show the DVD. And eventually, FX ordered the first season and gave them a budget of $450,000 per episode, which is less than a third of the standard FX TV episode budget. And I remember them talking about it, and they're like, this is so much money. We could do so much stuff with this. Right. Considering they shot the pilot for $0. Exactly. So, eventually, or the idea was that the gang was going to be all out-of-work actors, But the network thought that was too played out, so they decided to move it out of L.A. and into Philly, because that's where Rob is from. And originally, the fourth character was Rob's ex-girlfriend. Oh. Ex at the time? Yes. Or they were dating at the time. And then she got recast with Caitlin Olsen, who is now Rob's Rob's wife. Because they had broken up. Got it. Interesting. So, originally, D was played by Rob's Jordan Reed. at the time, yeah. Who was, yeah, Rob's girlfriend at the time. So, actually, at season one was entirely, entirely focused around Mac, Charlie, Dennis, and Deanna. And after season one, the show had such low ratings that the studio execs were like, we need a bigger name to come in and, like, bring some publicity to this. And they had suggested Danny DeVito. And uh, the, gr- so, the group was like, no, we're not really interested. And the FX execs were like, no, then we're going to kill this show. I just want to say something. You keep saying Deanna. It's Deandra. Deandra? Oh, fuck. I wrote it down wrong. It's fine. No, I wrote Deandra here. I'm just not saying it. Okay, yeah, so, no, it's Deandra. I'm here. The only reason I say that is because it's so close to my sister's name and I've never heard that. That I was like, I'm I literally sure wrote Deandra. Deandra. Okay. You can no, just like, I, correct yourself and say like. I know. No, I literally, I literally wrote it up. No, I, I top, believe you. But no. Anyways, so they brought Danny DeVito in because they were going to get canceled if they didn't. Dude, I actually and Danny DeVito actually significantly the made the show. Better. I was going to say like the show before Danny DeVito is okay. It's fine. But once you bring Danny DeVito in, and like something about like Danny DeVito is just a fucking like great actor to begin with. But, like, his chemistry with everybody, like, he just creates his chemistry. He works so well. And he works so well. And, like, bringing in this, like, short man that's also trash. He's just and, like, as more, much trash. more trash than the rest of them, though. He's, because he's he has, bad. like, the toe knife. And, like, it's just, he's, like, a gross human being. Yeah. And, like, the great thing is that before he joins the, the gang, where he comes in, he's kind of, like, a respectable human being. And then he meets Charlie Kelly. He's like, I don't need to be this. I can be, like, a... 
gross and trash and like do whatever I want and like he just he devolves. Oh, totally. Into like what he is. Yeah, and great. but also, and so this kind of leads into more of like our discussion stuff. But like Frank Reynolds also was successful because he owned a sweatshop in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. No, he was and an potentially asshole. may have owned slaves. Right. No, like, I mean he, but he like wasn't. He was an awful human, but he wasn't like outwardly just, trash. Yeah, he was. Inwardly trash. He wasn't a disgusting human being. Yeah. He eventually becomes a disgusting human being living in his own filth. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note... We're going to talk uh, about favorite... I was going to say, we can just shoot the shit at this point. Okay. So, what was your... And you may not remember, that's totally fine. But, like, what was your first experience oh, watching? I honestly couldn't tell you. It was sometime in college. Like, it was probably ten years ago. Yeah. Um, I could not tell you how I first got into it. Like, maybe my brother-in-law, like, we were watching it, and, like, he put it on or something. I cannot tell you. Um, but I've watched, watched it start to finish many times at this point in my life. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that I could not tell you how I first got into it either. Because, like, usually there are shows where you can pinpoint it. And oh, it's totally. One of these shows where I feel like I've always been watching. And, like, yeah. I've always watched it, and, like, I could not, I can't remember a time not watching it. So, I remember the first time I ever watched it, I hated it. Okay. I did not enjoy the I show. I want to say I did, too. Like, on TV. Yeah. Like, when I was still in high school, maybe. But, like, I first, I got into it and really enjoyed it in college. But, like, in high school, I was like, this is garbage. These people are awful. Like, I was probably, like, stuck my nose up to it. It was like, this is not funny. This well, so, bad. I watched it. Maybe I watched it in high school, but the first time I really remember watching it was in college. One of my roommates was really into it, and she would just, like, watch it laying on the couch hungover, and I, like, didn't think anything of it. I was just like, ugh, I hate this show. These people are so obnoxious. Yeah. And then I had been living in Chicago, I don't know, maybe a year or so, and I was like, I'm Steve used to, like, travel all the time, so I was like, I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to, like, find a new TV show to watch. Oh, this one keeps showing up as recommended. I guess I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And then here we are now. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with the show. It's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. This is, like I said, one of the weird times I could not tell you. Um, definitely sometime in college, though. Yeah. Um, what was it? What's your favorite episode? Um... Honestly, it might be the one where Dee and Dennis go try to go on welfare. Yeah. And they get addicted to crack in the process. Which time? The first time. Okay. Cause that the happens, first, it does, yeah. But that's no. one of my favorite episode styles is the fact that like they repeat it and they're like, I feel like we've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> that one was hilarious. That one's really good. That was an early, like, second season. Yeah, I that's think. the second season. Um, I found someone ranked every single oh. episode. Oh, I go to the top ten. Yeah, I'm going to scroll. Um, there's 139. I know. Just go the to the top ten. I would say my favorite, and I always say this, is Charlie McDennis. Um, only because Charlie or Dennis like turning red when like it's they're reading that card that's like Dennis is bastard. Why or why Charlie hate? <laughs> And they're like, Charlie, you wrote this. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't think I did. And they're like, Charlie, <laughs> you wrote this. He's like, no, I don't think I did. Charlie, Dennis is asshole. Why Charlie hate? That's what it is. Um, and, then, and then he's like, no, I don't think I did. I don't remember writing that. And everyone's like, you're literally the only illiterate person in here. Who would write this if you can write? <laughs> and, like, Dennis is turning red because he wants to read He's like, no, I don't think I wrote it. And then, like, they run out of time. And then Dennis, like, bursts out. He goes, because, because this is the best one. <laughs> 
for some reason, the delivery of that line makes me cry every time. Okay, so I pulled up the top ten according to Vulture. Uh, I'll go ten to one. We'll yeah, okay. do it that way because yeah. that's, that's more exciting and I can laugh a lot harder that way. Okay. Um, number ten is The Nightman Comet. Oh, yeah. So that's season four, episode 13. I say troll toll a lot. Like, whenever, like, somebody brings something up, it's like, because you gotta pay the troll toll. To get to the boy's hole. <laughs> boy's soul. soul. It sounds a lot like you're saying the boy's hole. No, it's boy's soul. Okay, so The Nightman Cometh is the one where Charlie writes the musical. That's basically about, about being molested by yeah. his uncle, I think. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. It's a good episode. And he, like, char- he casts the waitress in an attempt to, like, woo her over. No, he's or seeing he impresses it. He's yes, trying yeah. to impress the waitress. Yeah. Who his- Everyone's cast. And, like, Which is even oh, funnier because his actual wife. Well, we've talked about this. We wanted, we both wanted to go, we wanted to do, like, a couple's costume for Halloween one year, and, like, you would go as the Nightman yeah. and I would go as Dayman. No, it was going to be opposite because you wouldn't, oh, I won't you wear, won't wear I the won't jumpsuit. jumpsuit. I wanted to be Nightman and you'd be Dayman. <laughs> We did not do that. No, we talked about it a lot like, last year, I think. I know. We were like, ha- like we heavily... were very on board for it. And then neither of us followed through, no, which not. is very, that's about right. Okay. So we actually saw a shitty live performance at Replay Lincoln Park. Oh, yeah, we I... did. I forgot about this. It was like a $10 performance of some local guys, but we laughed so hard. It wasn't it was called so The good. Nightmare Cometh because they were not allowed to do that, but it was like their version of it. Yeah, it was so funny. They yeah. sang the songs. We laughed. Okay. Number nine is season seven, episode two, The Gang Goes to the Jersey Shore. That's the one where they like have to do angel dust because they like meet up with people and they're like, Jesus, yeah. peace, This is also Rum Ham. Oh, it is Rum Ham. It's Rum Ham. It is Rum Ham. It's uh, when Frank <laughs> puts an alcohol soaked pork creation and it's eventually lost to the sea, or so we think. It comes back. It does come Rum back. Rum Ham comes back. Yeah, but this is when they end up doing, uh... They do PCP, basically. Yeah, um, yeah no, that was a great episode, too. Also because of Rumham. Rumham is a Rumham. very... Very distinctive. It is very distinctive. Yeah. Very memorable. Okay, number eight is the gang group dates. So that's season ten, episode two. And this is dealing with how, like, awful Dennis is. Uh, yeah. Anything about dating is... It's when they're on a dating thing. app and he's, like, going into an obsessive rabbit hole about why he's not performing well on dating apps. Mm-hmm. And... Not because he's a psychopath. Frank, Mac, and Charlie attempt to go on a group date. <laughs> they try to group date women at Patty's. And Dee tries to get revenge on one-night stand-prone men, but ends up eliciting the opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Where she ends up getting people very into her. Yeah. That episode is crazy. That episode is great. Also wild. Yeah. Number seven is also a super famous one. The D-E-N-N-I-S system. Uh, you gotta, we gotta talk about what Dennis stands for. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, I think we gotta talk about what Dennis stands for. So essentially in this episode, this is season five, episode ten. Um, this is when Dennis explains his effective his questionably effective method for manipulating women sexually and emotionally yep dennis stands for the d is demonstrate value so you demonstrate like how important you need you are to this person e is engaged physically self-explanatory n is nurturing dependence again like doing things for them so they're dependent on you 
And the other end is neglect emotionally, so, like, ghosting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of men, like, currently probably use this. Totally. Um, I've got I, different... That's a different conversation to I have. I is inspire hope, and then S is separate entirely, where you, like, again, ghost. But what's really funny is because Dennis references this system constantly yes. throughout the series, and it never works for him. I really enjoy in the show is that, like, there are so many callbacks to earlier mm. episodes between, like... Small, like, random actors or, like, random characters that come back or, like, random jokes that come back. Um, like, the dentist system mm-hmm. or, like, the implication. Yeah. And what what this article says is this system speaks to his maniacal level of self-confidence because Dennis literally thinks he's, like, God's, God's gift, gift to women. And he's also, also... he's a psychopath. He's crazy and barely can run a functioning bar. Like, no, it, that's why it's funny. Um... Six is Charlie McDennis, uh, the game of games. And that's Fat Fat Mac. Yeah. My favorite version of Mac. Also, Chris and Olsen, D's favorite Favorite version version of Mac. Mac. (laughs) Um, The magazine The Ringer actually named this episode as the best. It's a hilarious episode. And, like, there's... Because it's... Their game it's, is so bananas. It's kind of... I think it's a bottle... It's considered a bottle episode. Where, like, a bottle episode is where the characters, like, the group of characters don't leave, a, like, a, a room. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm so a bottle sure episode, And, like, bottle time. episodes tend to be, like, fan favorites. Yeah. Because it's a completely different style. Like, you don't cut to different areas. Yeah. You're all contained in one episode, like, one location, and it leads to, like, hijinks and, like craziness so like bottle episodes like community's bottle episode is wild um so like bottle episodes are just fantastic and this is i think i'm pretty sure this counts as a bottle episode i can't no i think they're all in there because literally this says this contains one of the funniest scenes in the show's entire existence when frank who is in a dog cage asks to have his cage put on the bar so he can see what the gang is up to and dennis replies shut up dog and throws a beer at his face yeah, I'm just Googling if it's a bottle episode. Yep, it's one of the... So, it's the bottle episode. Um, but, like, I, I personally love when shows do bottle episodes. I know, I think it's so much fun. Okay, so, number five is The Gang Misses the Boat. Yep. That's season 10, episode six. And... This is when Max starts dating the girl that does Angel Dust. Yep. And Charlie and Dee fall in love. Dude, Charlie and Dee's like random like hooking up and like them being disgusted with each other. It feels like incest. I know. I mean, it kind of is. It is. Yeah, pretty much. It is because I guess we don't know that. We don't know who their actual father is, but we know that. We think that Charlie's father is Frank. Yeah, it's heavily insinuated that Charlie's father is Frank. So, like, it's very incestuous. It just makes you uncomfortable when they hook up. Yeah. And it's just gross. Yeah. So, this also has the return of Rumham. Uh-huh. So, number four is Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs. That episode has the very famous meme of, like, somebody handing something to someone. And then, like, it's... He throws it. Yeah, he throws it. And it's, like, a very famous meme where it's, like... um me doing this thing and then or like this thing my friend doing this thing and me throwing it away yeah my friend being nice to me and telling me i'm beautiful me throwing it away yeah and this is so this is mac and dennis decide they're gonna move out of philadelphia and find a house in the suburbs and they realize they hate living together they slowly 
devolve into like a married couple that hates, hates each other. Yeah. Because Mac stays home and Dennis goes to work every day. Yep. Mac's like, well, why do I have to stay home? And then they get a dog and it's a whole mess. Yep. It's a very funny episode. Though. That's a good episode. Number three is the gang gets analyzed. That's a fantastic Season episode. Season eight, episode five. Yeah. That's a great episode. So, <laughs> who's going to do the dishes from the result, resulting from a recent dinner party? <laughs> so, this is what... That's, like, a very... It's also a very, like, peak... A, a very, like, exemplar... Exemplar... Exemplary episode of... You're like, saying the right words. Know, that's the word I mean, though. It's, it's, it's a great example of what It's Always Sunny is, where, like, yeah. this tiny thing that they're arguing about just devolves into this huge argument that they start, like, pulling other people in to yeah. solve. Yep. Because they just cannot agree with each other. Like, there's another episode later on the seasons, I think season 13, season 12, maybe, actually, where Mac finally comes out as gay. Mm-hmm. Where, like, some, they have a winning lottery ticket, and they go to a lawyer. Oh, yeah. And they're fighting over whose lottery ticket it is. And it's, like, $9,000 that they won or something like that. Yeah. Like, some smaller amount. They're fighting over whose it actually is because of this entire, like, scenario where, like, Somebody yells, hey, I think, the F word to Mac, and he's like, it's a hate crime because I'm gay, and yep. he hasn't come out really at this point. It's it's like this whole thing of, like, a tiny thing that they, normal people could solve between themselves, because but because people are so narcissistic and so, like, self-involved, they refuse to solve it themselves and have to bring on, like, multiple third parties to yeah. do it for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the next one, number two, is the gang recycles their trash. Mm, that's a good one. And that's the one that Dee does blackface. I say like, Dee does right? blackface yeah. in this episode. Yeah, uh, that's also something I wanted to talk about. Um, do we want to do for this, and then we can go into that because we can. I feel like we can talk about it now just because it's topical. topical. Well, I just, I just want to talk about how like she did blackface, and for some reason, like. The show can get away with so much because it's about shitty people. Yeah. And for some reason, people aren't really angry about the fact that she did blackface. No. And it's wild to me because it's like, yes, and it's kind of a play on, like, they do these shitty things to kind of show how shitty people are. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the blackface isn't done to make light of a situation. It's like, these people are so fucking awful that they would do this. And it really it highlights seems normal for how awful they it are. It highlights the kind of people that would do these awful yeah. things, and I think that's maybe the reason that like they don't get like criticized for it because it's like you're not saying like a, you're a normal person doing this. You're saying that you're a trash human being that Already. is doing yeah. this, and I think that's the only reason that they like quote unquote get away with it. Yeah, no, I would argue the same. Um... I'm not saying that it makes up for it. No, it doesn't. But make up there for it. is a later episode yes. where they suddenly get like cursed by a dead black no, man. Some yes, it's, the, it's his dream. It's they thought the I black man exactly. was dead. Yes, the gang turns black, but they're yeah. not doing blackface. They're no, it's actually black, black actors yeah. are playing these characters. Yes. And then so the. <laughs> <laughs> Which when this, I first when I first heard the title the blip the game was black, black and I was like oh my oh, god they're doing blackface again yeah um, but they ended up not doing it no uh, number one actually is really really funny this is one of my favorite episodes as well uh, the gang dies dines out and it's the episode where Mac and Dennis are going out to enjoy their like monthly dinner date but then Charlie and Frank 
are celebrating their anniversary as roommates and going to the same restaurant. And, and like, Dee, Dee is, is just there by herself. She's eating alone on a Groupon deal. So they're kind, they're constantly like, oh, should I, I can see them. Should I go say hi? No, they'll come say hi to me. And then and everyone's yeah. just going back and forth. And they're all like, they're talking to each other about how rude it is that the other person's not yeah. coming to say hi to them or not sending them something over. Yeah. And like, the other people are like, no, so rude that they're not doing it. Yeah. And Dee's like, they don't even see that I'm here. Um, the best part about this is the waiter. Oh, Because yeah. the waiter, like, it's called back in multiple seasons. We're like, he's called back when they are at the Super Bowl game. He's called back in the most recent season. Um, and that waiter fucking hates them yeah. so much. I mean, everyone Because at them. the end of the episode, they tie the waiter's shoes together. And he falls over and they make fun of him. Yeah, that, that, that is how that goes. Yeah. So... That was Vulture's top ten. I think that was just fun to like talk through because these were pretty really good, good episodes. Those were good ones. Um, and they're I think they're picked because they're the most popular. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say those are the best ones. Um, but I would agree with a lot of the, like those are all very good episodes. Um, I do think <laughs> I found a list of the best Charlie moments. You can talk about that. <laughs> I would say though that there's a point. Where they get a little bit more serious. So, um, in season 12, Mac comes out as gay. It's a joke that Mac's gay constantly throughout the show. Yep. Uh, and he, like, comes out officially as gay. And I read, I watched, an, I think, an interview or read an article where um, Rob talks about it. He was like, you know, it was always just a running gag. Mm-hmm. But we never made, made for we want, never wanted to seem like he's ashamed of being gay, and that's kind of how it came across at some point. And they're like, you know, we have this gay character, we need to like be positive towards the community, so we're gonna we wanted to keep him out, like we didn't want to put him back in the closet and make it seem like it's a shameful thing. And right. part of the reason that Rob struggles with his sexuality is because he was raised as like a very um, strict Catholic. Yeah. And a really nice, like, the last episode of season 13, he comes out to his father, and it's, like, this beautiful episode, and it's a very rare moment, and it's always sunny, where they go extremely serious, and he spends the entire episode trying to, like, figure out how to come out to his father, and, like, they're doing this, this, they're doing this, like, dance for the prison community, um, and Mac decides to come out to his father in that way, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of off the entire episode and they're like doing their hijinks and he's like I don't want to be involved in doing this other thing yeah and the last like five minutes of the episode is like this beautiful dance like uh interpretive modern dance yeah uh scene and it's fantastic and Rob was talking about how he spent weeks learning it and weeks being able to do it with this dancer this professional dancer and it's a beautiful scene where he's coming out his dad gets angry um, but Frank is witnessing it and he's like crying. He's like, I understand. And it's just this very like real moment. And it's always something like a show about trash human beings where it gets very serious and very like emotional for a second. Yeah. And it like hits even harder because it's very serious and very emotional. Um, and I, I, I think that they're, they're realizing how, that they can do that. It doesn't totally. have to just be like a comedy show. Yeah. You can have these serious moments. Um, to hit, like, certain topics that they're bringing in, like, organically. Yeah, no, I agree. That was a really great, well put together It was, scene. and it was a well, like, well done The entire well episode's really scene. good. 
yeah, the entire, like, that scene is so well done. That entire episode's well done. And I'm, I don't think they brought in any of, like, the later seasons into that, into the article. No, the reason I brought it up was because that was a fantastic episode. Like, not so much on, like, the comedy front, but on, like, just as a show. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. No, 100%. Filming and creating it. Uh, who's your favorite character on the show? Okay, so that's tough. I was thinking about that this morning. I would say, um, Mac. Mm-hmm. I think Mac is my favorite character. But, like, I also feel so bad for Dee that I want... I love her so much because I feel so bad for her because they're so... They're, they're so, so mean, mean to her. her. She deserves it a lot of the times. Yeah. But they're also unnecessarily mean to her for no reason. Like, they call her a bird and they talk about how unattractive she is. And she's pretty. Yeah, Dee's super pretty. And they are so mean to her. So I would say Rob and then Dee. Or Mac and Dee. Mac and then Dee. So... Also, I think Rob Mac- McElhenry is super hot now. Well, he's not so ripped anymore. He's back to, like, a normal looking Well, I mean, I kind of thought he was hot. And when he was Fat Mac, it wasn't super good. But, like, he's always been kind of hot. Um, I... I would say Charlie. Yeah, I love fair. Charlie. Yeah, that's fair. And do you want to talk about Fat Mac real quick before we yeah. move on? Cause we oh, have, totally. Have. So, my... The amount of, like, dedication Ron McElhenry gives to the show... I mean, the show like, is his life. Well, yeah. But, like, he gained 50 pounds to be Fat Mac. For, and, like, a season. Uh, well, I actually read an article about how he talked about it, and he was like, I thought it'd be really funny to get a bunch of weight for the show and, like, talk about creating math. So, like, he gained 50 pounds. And then he was like, and I thought it was really funny because I was just eating whatever I wanted and, like, doing whatever the fuck I wanted. But then my friends and my wife came to me, and they're like, we're really concerned about what's happening. <laughs> oh, my God. We're really concerned about your health. And then he, like, lost the weight. But then on the flip side, he gets super hot. Like, for literally, a, like, for immediately, 13. he's fat Mac for a season, and then he flips to ripped Mac. Well, not immediately after. He was no, fat Mac in quick. season, like, six. So Mac got fat in the 10th episode of the 7th season. Okay. Or how Mac got fat is the 10th episode. So it was season 7, I guess, that he was okay. fat. Um, That's still way longer ago than I thought it was. I feel like that was way sooner, but maybe just no. Ripped Mac was the most recent. Ripped so. Mac was season 13. Right. Um, and Ripped Mac was insane. He's also talked about, and like, I appreciate this on like social media, about how... It's so not realistic. Yeah, he's talked about how, like, yeah, you could get ripped too if you had a personal trainer and ate this many calories a day. And, and had a studio paying for your your personal chef and your workout and trainer. And your workout, yeah, and your trainer and your gym and... He's talked about how, like, it's, he was like, this physique is not, like, it's not attainable and it's not, like, feasible to keep. No. And he's not that, he doesn't look at that anymore, but holy shit, was he ripped. It was so crazy to see him that ripped. I, and, like, I did he really was extremely like, skinny, too, because, like, his yeah. face has always been kind of round, but, like, yeah, it was hollowed out. The rest out. of him was, like. Well, his face was hollowed out when he yeah. was, like, ripped Mac. And Kaylin Olsen, who plays D, his wife, or, who now plays wife. D, but then his wife outside of the show, talked about how like she was like i prefer fat mac because like he was more fun like <laughs> fit mac hot mac is like eating vegetables and like chicken constantly it's all like, he eats yeah and she's like he's, he has a super healthy diet and like it's not fun because i can't like eat garbage yeah yeah so i found um some of the best charlie kelly moments yeah um uh, because obviously charlie's my favorite character so um we're just going to go 1 to 10, because I don't want to go backwards. That's fine. 
that makes my life harder. Number one is Pepe Silva. This is a very famous um, meme as well. Where like, I use this meme constantly. It's like Charlie in front of a board of like papers and they're all connected and he's like trying to figure out. Um, he believes he's cracked a conspiracy at the heart of the company where he and Mac work in the mailroom. Yep. They're convinced that nobody is collecting or nobody's collecting his mail. He's convinced that Pepe Silvia is not a real person. Right. That, like nobody that he, He's the way, collecting the mail for exists. Very he believes that like nobody that the like mail is coming to exists. Oh yeah, and that's like it's called Pepe Silvia Silva, but Silvia. He thinks that nobody exists at the company that yeah. they work at, and so like it's just like a, a scene of him freaking out about Pepe Silvia and be like he doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like he has this huge conspiracy theory yeah. built out when he's working in the mail room, and it turns out he just hasn't been delivering mail to no. anybody. And they're pissed about it. Oh, they fire him. Um, number two is the blood capsules, and Frank's a pretty woman. Frank's pretty woman. Frank's pretty woman. Sorry. Um, this is when Frank is dating Roxy. Yep. Who is the sex worker? Yep. And Charlie wants Frank to date someone who doesn't want his money, so he pretends he's a millionaire who works in boiled denim. Yeah. And Charlie just plays a skip out on the date, so Frank, being the chauffeur, can sweet talk this girl himself. But it goes really wrong, and Charlie ends up vomiting blood from blood capsules everywhere, and says, "I've been poisoned by my constituents." And it's really fun. And his full, like, oil bearing, yeah. like, outfit. He literally vomits all over this poor yeah. girl. Um, the gang desperately tries to win an award. So this number three is Go Fuck Yourself. And it's when um, he's working on a song, and it's just really bad. But it's really funny. Mm-hmm. I actually really hope my favorite Charlie moment's on here. It's on here somewhere. It might not be. Oh, you want to do one to ten? Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I could scroll yeah. up after. Uh, did you fuck my mom, Santa Claus? Yeah. So that's the entire concept of part of Charlie's backstory is Was that, that like his mom prostituted. prostituted herself yep. for money, and so like on Christmas he would talk about how so many Santas would yep. come. It's so sad. I know so it's bad. so sad, but I'm still. Anyways, Charlie goes and sits on Santa's lap as a fully grown man and just looks at some mall Santa Claus in the face and goes, Did you fuck my mom, Santa Claus? Because at this point he realizes that, that his mom was prostituting herself. On Christmas. On Christmas. Um, number five is Charlie's first date. So it's the waitress is getting married and this is after um, Mac and Dennis make Charlie's dating profile. Oh, God. What's your favorite meal? Uh, milk steak and jelly beans. We're just gonna say salmon. They so the entire concept of this entire episode is that the waitress is getting married to a guy, and Charlie's like all broken up about it, and yep. so Mac and Dennis make this super fake dating profile yep. for Charlie, and they like literally make up the answers. They make up the answers because Charlie is so trash. Yes. Oh, he's and like the sweating called, at the because he yeah. can't remember the things that like they put yeah. for him, and he has like written on his arms. I think. Yeah. Kitten this mittens. This is my favorite Charlie moment. Kitten mittens. <laughs> Number six is kitten mittens. It's from the episode 
Patty's Pub, home of the original kitten mittens. This <laughs> is my favorite Charlie Kelly moment yep. by fair. far. So it's Charlie's essentially trying to make this infomercial of kitten mittens. And the entire idea is, is your cat constantly stomping around and driving you crazy? Is he always clawing at your furniture? Well, we have the solution for you. Kitten mittens. I feel like you need kitten mittens for your cat. My cat's a monster. We do need kitten mittens. You need kitten mittens. He had a great idea. He did. It's just so funny because it's so ridiculous. And like, it's this from season five too. Yeah, it's fairly early. Yeah, it's pretty. That's that's one of my favorite bits. Actually, in high school, this is gonna be really weird. But in high school, when I worked in the theater department. One of my friends, as his senior monologue, did the entire Kit Mittens infomercial. That's funny. Um, Okay, number seven is the wild card. This is one of my favorites. I say this a lot to people, too. Wild card. Wild card, bitches! (laughs) So, it's from season four, episode two The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis. No, Lindsay, you're so enthusiastic. This is the one where they're like siphoning gas out of cars to like sell to people and like buying gas and putting it into like garbage cans. Mm-hmm. And they're all getting like fucked up from like drinking gas. But they talk about how they're all, there's always a wild card in the group. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's like, I'm the wild card. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> Um, but the scene that in particular is they're driving somewhere and all of a sudden, like, Max, like, the brakes aren't working. Why aren't the brakes working? And Charlie pops up and goes, wild card, bitches! I got the brakes! <laughs> That's so funny, dude. And I say wild card, bitches, a lot in my life. Oh, so they brought up, uh, number eight is also the dating profile. So it's not so much, the first one we talked about was him on the date sweating his butt up. They can't remember his dating profile. Number eight is building his dating profile. So same episode, because that one's so funny. Uh, number nine is the sunblock. So that's when the gang goes to the Jersey Shore, and it's right before Rob Ham. Right. He's, like, eating it, right? He's eating the sunblock. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's all I have to say. Yep. It's because um, Dennis thought he put booze. Yes. He put what? Booze in a sunblock container, and Charlie was just like drinking straight. And he's like, I keep drinking the sunblock, and it's not getting me drunk. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it is. Right. And then number 10 is Charlie's birthday. So it's on uh, episode, or season six, episode 10, Charlie Kelly, King of the Rats. And it's the part where Dee is taking him to a spa, but he thought spa was short for spaghetti. So he shows up with noodles and goes, what's your spaghetti policy here? That's a great one. So um, Wild Card Bitches is my favorite, but my second favorite is there's an entire episode that's kind of centered around him where like the health inspector is coming. And it's filmed in the style of Birdman. Yeah. And he keeps walking by and just slamming a chair and, like, muttering to himself and, like, going to the bathroom and slamming things. And that entire episode is just very Charlie-centric. Mm-hmm. And I love that entire episode because it's so funny how he just, like, walks by, slams a chair, and is, like, pissed off. I completely forgot that's the entire style of the movie Birdman. It is. It totally is. It's just is. one shot. Yeah. Like one sequence. Um, I also, I, Charlie's my favorite character, but I always feel so bad for him because they always make him do Charlie work. Like anything demeaning is Charlie work. Yeah. 
It is. I also do love that he sold his shares of Patty's Pub for like half a sandwich. Yep. <laughs> um, Charlie work is just like hilarious because he doesn't mind it either. No. He just like calls at work and they're like, it's Charlie work. And he's like, oh, I do that every day. Um, Charlie's, like, so unintelligent, and, like, it's, he's so level because he's so, like, dumb, dumb, and, like, uneducated, but, like, he he's probably the most, like, well-meaning out of all of them. Oh, I completely agree. Like, if he were not involved with any of them, he would be a good person. Right. The other, the rest of them are, like, just terrible people. Yeah. Oh, totally. But, like, Charlie's so lovable because he's just, like, good, like, he's sweet and caring at heart, and he's just dumb and, like, gets involved in these hijinks. Yeah. But, like, he's not an actual awful, like, evil human being like the rest of them are. No, but I I still find it hilarious that the second him and Frank become, uh, yeah. like, a team, Frank goes from being, like, well-standing bad person to literal trash person. Yes. I will say, thinking of a line that you say to your boyfriend, uh, you and I constantly share a line from this show back and forth. Anytime someone speaks negatively about D, they go, you dumb bitch. We just say, you dumb bitch a lot. It's always Dennis saying something to D. He's like, you, you dumb, dumb bitch. bitch. We do say that a lot. Um, I don't even know what episode that's from, but we do that all the time. Yeah. We do that all the time. We do say that a lot. Um, I, I don't even know why we started saying that, but we do know. say that. But it's really funny. And we send, like, a gif of that to each other a lot, too. Oh, yeah. I've been sending the, um, I don't know what episode it's from, but it's Frank, and he's, like, covered in sanitizer. It says, I want to be pure. Oh, yeah, you send that to me a lot, too. (laughs) Especially during these times. No, like, the amount of times I wash my hands before, like, COVID, and, like, now, like, what I'm like, and you're like, I just want to be pure. (laughs) know what episode that's from. I gotta look that up. It's from the gang gets quarantined. It's the quarantine episode. I don't think you understand what quarantine is. We're ready to play quarantine. I don't think you understand what quarantine is. This is when they go out because there's yeah. a severe flu outbreak yeah. so they decide to quarantine themselves instead of patties. Severe flu outbreak? What year were, is it? Were they, were they not predicting, you know, this year? Uh, this came 2020? out 2013. We're living in 2020 already. This is where they go to go buy beer. They're in, like, the full-blown hazmat yep. <laughs> Yeah, the I Just Want to Be Pure is from the quarantine episode, which makes it that much funnier. <laughs> That's so on topic. I don't think I realized that was from the quarantine I don't episode. Think I, did I, did, I, knew, I knew there was a quarantine episode. And I knew it's when Charlie goes, I'm ready to play quarantine. I don't think you understand what quarantine yeah. means. <laughs> All right, um... Anything else you want to talk about? Um, we didn't talk about it, but I think it's an important thing to talk about. You remember the episode where it's like after Halloween and Dee is pregnant? Oh, and yeah. They're and they're trying they talk to about, figure out who... That's a hilarious episode. Who got Dee pregnant? Yeah. Um, the gross thing about that is that they consider it was either... Like, out of all of them, they also consider it being either Dennis or Frank. So, like, her father or her twin brother. And then, like, at the... My favorite part of the episode, though, is that, like, as each... So, the, the premise of this episode is that they're telling... They, they all blacked out, except for Dee. On Halloween. Or, no, Dee blacked... Dee was drunk, too. 
Um, yeah, they all, they, all, they, they, all they all blacked have out and they have mixed memories. Yes. Of and what they happened. like are piecing together the like what happened that day, and each person tells like their version of events and they're pulling in more and more. So like somebody is like, oh, I she's like I had sex with this person like dressed in this costume, uh, or they this person's like I had, you know, I had sex with this person dressed in the costume, and like as they tell the story, it's like oh this person switched costumes with this person and then they switched with this, so they're trying to figure out who actually had sex with V. Um, but as each person's telling their version of the events, D becomes more and more bird-like. So Dee's dressed as an angel, and then, like, the Dennis next scene, she's dressed... Her a bird, and then she switches costume to the girl dressed as a peacock. Yep. And then she slowly, like, becomes more and more of a bird. So, like, she's an angel, and then all of a sudden she's, like, an angel with a bunch of, like, bird feathers coming out of her. Yeah. And then, like, slowly, as, like, it's devolving through the episode she's not like at the very end when mac is selling his version she's an ostrich <laughs> that's right she's just like like he sees her in the bathroom and he's like he goes oh hey d and just an ostrich standing there <laughs> and that's my favorite part of the episode is just like as they're like getting as they're telling the story it's she's a bird so eventually she's, she's just, just eventually just a bird i also like in that episode and spoiler none of them are the fathers a gay couple Surrogate. She was a surrogate. She was a surrogate, yeah. But I also love that at some point, Frank is describing himself as being in a Spider-Man costume, but he's in a man Spider-Man costume. And then uh, Charlie was the Phantom of the Opera. Yes. (laughs) It's all just ridiculous, and the McBoyles are there. The McBoyles are there. They're drinking milk, of course. And then doesn't Mac hook up with the McPoyle sister? He in does. a different episode. No, he hooks up with the McPoyle the McPoyle sister. Uh, McPoyle sister. McPoyle. McPoyle sister. Um, and that's when he sees Dee in the bathroom. Yeah. An ostrich. The ostrich. And like, he goes into a stall and she's there like licking. He her. thought that Dee was the one. What? Right. But he yeah. hooked up with the McPoyle sister. Yeah. Um, I oh, also... the McPoyles are so gross. Who's the actor? Like Jimmy Simpson? Is that it's Jimmy Simpson? Yeah, Jimmy Simpson from and like he's from like Westworld, Westworld and other things is just like a trash, like incestual person in the show. Yeah. It's hilarious. I don't know who the other one is. The other one doesn't talk. It's really just Jimmy yes. that talks. Well, the, the sister doesn't talk. All right. Any uh, any other things you want to talk about? I do kind of want to just touch on quickly, like. The people they involve themselves with eventually just like turn into trash as well. Oh, t- oh, we didn't talk. We didn't about talk about yet. cricket. So cricket is a like he went. They went to high school with him. And they made fun of him because he had multiple sclerosis. No, he had to wear like leg braces. They right for some rickety kind of, cricket. Right, but for some kind of disease, he had like leg braces. Yeah, had, like maybe MS. He was going to. He was in physical therapy at the same time as D because she wore a back brace. Right. Oh, they she were, had scoliosis. Yeah, yeah. I so, don't know what he had, but he I don't was he wearing leg braces and he was in therapy with right. D. Um, and they and he was in love with D. Yeah, and they make fun of him like he's made fun of as a in high school, and then he comes into like an early season as a priest and their interaction oh it's because they thought it was when they thought that they saw like the marks of Jesus in the yes. bathroom yeah and they were I letting so. the Catholics come yep um but like their interaction with him slowly like creates like takes him from being a priest into like a dry addict oh it's because and D then, is like madly in love with him and so he no. 
Yes. He leaves the priesthood yep. for D, and, and then she's like, like oh, oh no. And then he becomes like a drug addict and like he's living on the streets and is a street urchin and like loses fingers and like teeth. And he goes from being like a well, like a, a priest and like doing something with his life, just becoming like a drug addicted person. Like the most recent, I think season 12 or 13. He's, like, on drugs and, like, thinks he's turning his life around and he's, like, actually falling in love with a dog because he's yep. on, like, massive amounts of drugs. Yeah. Um, that's one. Another one is where D um, starts dating online or, like, dating, like, sending letters to a veteran or, um, like, a... The guy from the army. Right. The guy from the army, like, a GI. And, like, he... She thinks that he, like, is paralyzed and then is, like, trying to swerve and he's not. He's just, like, sitting down or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then, like, he kind of... He doesn't have as much of a fall, but kind of still has a fall. Where, like... The whole point is that, like, they, if they can leech and, like, get their hands onto someone, they will, like, leech all the goodness out of them and, like, yeah. make them one of themselves. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and that's, like, a whole, like, character thing about them. Yeah. Oh, cricket's so funny. Cricket is really funny. One of my favorite episodes is Cricket is, like, when they go to their high school reunion and he's stealing people's, like, necklaces and, like, yeah. jewelry. And, like, he's hugging everyone. And then he fucking has ringworm and is just trying to give it to everyone. And, like, Dee is super popular because she's hot. Yeah. Um, and, like, she, like, eventually, like, slowly, like, has to have her back brace. Because oh, they... I forget why, but she ends up in the back brace again. Yeah, and, and that's like, when they think they're of... doing, like, the very the, like, yeah, the dance. serious dance. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, they just, like, yeah. it's so bad. They're all, like, black. Oh, and, and they actually, this is the episode where, like, Dennis gets called out for, like, thinking that he's better than everyone else. And they're all, yeah. like, all the popular people are like, no, like, you were fine there's something wrong with you you didn't make fun of we didn't make fun of you you were just an asshole that thought you were better than everybody else and talked down to everybody but you were still a loser like you weren't one of us you weren't hanging out with us yeah you just talked down to everybody and we still thought you were a loser um it's actually the dance brings us to the last thing i want to talk about is um the use of genius of love by the tom tom club And yes. what is one of my favorite memes. Um, but there's a scene where they're all dancing. I think it's season 11, maybe, where they're all dancing in the bar to the Tom Tom Club. And Charlie's doing his, like, butt dance. And oh, Dean's doing yes. her, like, inflatable man dance. Um, we, we, I love this meme. This meme is so funny. And the scene is hilarious. And this is the scene where, like, Dennis is looking at everyone. He's impregnated somebody at this point and, like, was looking at everyone's like, this is, I don't um, want to be here anymore. This was when Dennis was going to leave, right? right? Like, it's the very end of the episode where I, I think wanted, Dennis is going to leave. I think it's season 11 because in season 12 he's gone. Or For like, a season, little bit. It's season 12 and then into 13. 13. One of the two. Um, because he does leave for a little yeah. bit for, like, another show. Uh, but, like, he's looking at all of them. He's like, this is stupid. And then, like, leaves. But yeah. That scene of them all doing, like, their very individual dances where, like, they've shown these dances throughout the show. The show, yeah. Um, and they're all, like, like in, a in a circle dancing, doing, like, their very specific character dance to Genius of Love, which yeah. I feel like is the song that they usually pick for the show. It's not the first time they've played it. I f- no, I feel like they may... I don't know. Um, I don't think it's the first time they played it. But this, this song has been... Or this video is one of our favorite memes of... Um, Billie Eilish, bad guy? <laughs> yes. When it goes into... When she goes, I'm the bad guy. And then it goes into, like, that little, like, 
percussion-y, like... Dance. Duh. And then she's, like, all, like, the music. Yeah. It's just them dancing. And it's, like, goes into them dancing. But the best part of it is, uh, actually, instead of him, her going, I'm the bad guy, it's Frank going, I'm I'm the the trash trash man! man. (laughs) And then it goes into them. And then she says, duh, and then it goes into them dancing. I'm the trash man. Duh. Oh, we didn't even talk about trash man. No. Um, but I feel like this is the good spot to end. Yeah, this is the good spot to end. <laughs> All right, cool. So listen through for final thoughts. We're going to highlight a creator in the beer community that you should check out. Um, this will be your second time doing it. So keep listening. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the song. So, like mentioned, we would like to highlight a minority member of the beer content creation community. Yep. Is that what is that a good way to describe it? I think so. Okay. So, last time we talked about the Beers and Bars podcast, yes. or YouTube show. Um, this week, we wanted to highlight a podcast that is created by a black woman from here in Chicago. Yes. So... If you enjoy this show, we think that you should listen to a podcast called This Chick Talks Beer. So this is actually a uh, podcast created by the very well-known beer media person. Mm -hmm. She goes by the name Afro Beer Chick. Her name is Shalanda. Yep. So her Instagram handle is Afro period beer period chick with a K. But her podcast is actually called This Chick Talks Beer. And she talks about things going on in her personal life along with the beer she's drinking. But she's actually done a really... She's become a very big member of the beer community and bringing diversity to the community. Yep. She actually was a huge portion of the hashtag I am craft beer yeah, that started. So she, I think, a little over a year ago. Maybe, if not the founder, but one of the big players within I Am Craft Beer, like meetups. Yes. Um. So there's a lot of those meetups going on in Chicago, where it's a lot of diverse members of the craft beer community meeting up and having a beer and talking. It's actually about started nationally at this point as well. Awesome. Um. So she's one of the big proponents, and I, I want to say that she is the founder of it in Chicago. So she, yeah. If it wasn't. She brought it into Chicago. Yeah, but she's actually created her own podcast where she can talk more about her experiences and the beer she's drinking. She honestly has great beer taste, yeah. and she's really fun to hear talk. Yeah, so, I would agree. So definitely She's great. So we highly recommend, if you enjoyed this, you should go check out This Chick Talks Beer podcast. Yep, agreed. Cool. So thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed us... Please go and give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast streaming service. And, and leave us a review. And also subscribe if you're not. Yes. Cool. Uh, we will see you guys in two weeks. All right. Bye, friends. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if... If you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and.
And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.